0: Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit multrimobile.com.
1: Welcome to the How to Hunt Deer podcast. This podcast series aims to educate those who are interested in becoming deer hunters, brushing up on essential skills or adding a few new tactics to the toolkit. We cover a variety of topics that will help you be more confident and successful in the field while hunting deer. One of the most intimidating parts of getting into deer hunting is buying gear. The options out there are endless, and almost everyone has really strong opinions about go-to gear that you just simply can't live without. And you pair this with top-notch marketing and many of the great brands out there, and a guy or gal looking to get into the sport can just feel uh, absolutely lost. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking things like bows, arrow setups, camouflage, tree stands, tree saddles, a lot of the things that it's going to take to get you into the field and get you in the right position and keep you concealed while you're out hunting for deer. Now, one of the areas that it can feel most confusing to buy the right stuff is when it comes to camouflage. There are lots of opinions out there on what makes a good camo pattern, what makes good camo fabric, uh, but the reality is nobody can really tell you what's right for you. Nobody knows your budget, nobody knows your comfort, nobody knows exactly the terrain where you hunt and what's going to blend in the best. So how do you go about picking the camo that's right for you? In this episode, I'm joined by John Adams of Natural Gear Camo to talk about what you should look for when purchasing camouflage for hunting deer. While John is certainly partial to Natural Gear, there are lots of great brands that produce quality hunting apparel, uh, but not all camo is created equal. So we discussed some of the key elements of quality hunting clothes like pattern considerations fabric layering durability and and pretty importantly for the guy or gal that's got a couple of kids and a lot of responsibilities price so if you're looking to outfit yourself with gear that will keep you comfortable and concealed while hunting this episode is for you sit back relax and enjoy the show all right joining me for this episode of the how to hunt deer podcast is john adams from natural gear camo john how's it going
2: all right, man. Doing good. Doing good. Good Good to finally get on the phone with you here.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time to come on and, and talk to us a little bit about camouflage. This is uh, an industry that is that is big. It, it feels for a lot of folks like a make or break kind of decision when you're getting into the hunting world, especially when it comes to deer hunting. And uh, so I wanted to have you come on and kind of explain uh, natural gear camouflage, what goes into good camo patterns, what goes into good quality camouflage, as far as the materials that are used to make it, um, you know, and sort of help the everyday hunter decide what his next purchase is going to be when it comes to quality camo. Because let me tell you, there's a, there's an opportunity to spend a lot of money out there when it comes to camo. Absolutely. absolutely. And, uh, so we, we want to try to help people get, get outfitted at an affordable, uh, price point, uh, with some quality gear. Um, also with something that they can have a lot of confidence in. So I wanted to have you come on, uh, talk to us a little bit about that. Before we kick this off though, why don't you tell us a little bit about you, the history of natural gear camo and, uh, yeah. How you got hooked up with it.
2: All right, man. Well, like my name is John Adams and I'm with natural gear camo. We're down here in Arkansas. And, uh, basically when we've been on the market, uh, since the early nineties, uh, kind of when the, the camo revolution started kind of in the mid eighties, Um uh, it's Kind of when uh, we started, you know, getting our getting our feet in the water a little bit, and it took a few years to kind of get everything going. Uh, but essentially, you know, our main pattern is our natural pattern, natural gear, natural, and that pattern. Uh, kind of from day one, the, about the only changes we really had there is just some colorations. Uh, you know, we've kind of stuck with that pattern all along, and it's our bread and butter. I we do make a. Uh, a green pattern, our SC2 green, which is kind of spring the early season. The base of it is the natural, essentially, just with some different coloration. And then we do a snow pattern, which the base is uh, essentially the natural with uh, with a snow white color background. And then we do some blaze camo. Uh, some states uh, blaze camo is legal. Some states you have to wear solid, but the states where you have to wear... Uh, where you can wear blaze camo, we do, do pretty well with that. It helps break up your outline a little bit more as you know, deer does not see necessarily in the same spectrum that we do. Uh, but they, but they can see outlines and they can see solid blocks. So, uh, that's basically all of our patterns, but essentially when we started out, uh, man, there weren't a lot of options really out there in fabrics. I mean, we did a, we were, we we were kind of a hundred percent cotton jacket and pant and, shirt and a t-shirt and a cap and then that was the line for a long time um, and then as things kind of evolved and and more fabrics become readily available you know we we begin to do waterproof and you know we begin to do different things with with fleeces and some synthetics and stuff with stretch in it and of course now it's all it's all evolved quite a bit now uh, but we still use a uh, one of the things that uh, that has been a hit for us uh, since the 90s that we created and I think I'm not positive. You, I, I wouldn't stand up on the mountain and tell you that we were, but I believe we were the first people to ever come out with a, with a windproof water resistant fleece, uh, which is basically it's almost a year round kind of garment. Uh, blocks the wind from you. is an excellent outer layer for when it's cold. You can layer underneath it and then a, just a great single piece when it's not as cold. And basically th- that, those pieces, uh, had been in our line for about 20 years in that fleece, and it does really well for us. And I actually had a few years ago where we decided that we would uh, change it up a little bit just to kind of uh, – there was an opportunity for a, a little neater-looking fabric, so I, so I saw it. And, uh, well, I tell you, we about got we about got, uh, about got crucified for that one. <laughs> so we went, back, we went back to the old fleece, and uh, it's like, you know, I told uh, – we talked about it, and I said, you know, we're probably just going to keep this the way it is. We're going to keep this windproof grease around basically in our, we kind of call it our classic line and uh, it's going to kind of stay the same since it does soil for us.
1: Mm. So how did you get connected with natural gear? Yeah, i tell you, I was actually,
2: I was in college and uh, I had been working with Ducks Unlimited uh, here in Arkansas, basically on the volunteer side. And I had really grown in the volunteer side from just a committee member. And then I was running a committee. And I think the next step was like a, a, uh, a region director, and I was kind of growing up through that and doing really well and got to know a lot of different people uh, that were in the, involved in Ducks Unlimited and some other conservation organizations around. And they were actually friends uh, with one of, the, uh, one of the board of directors uh, for natural gear, and they were looking for somebody. And, uh, you know, at the time, it was a pretty big leap of faith for me. I had a really good job and uh, I had a lot of extra time to do volunteer work and but I was 26 years old, as within have been in May of '99. So I was uh, kind of jumped in with both feet, and uh, man, just kind of took off from there. So I've kind of seen it grow from, you know, kind of not too long after we started out to to all three where we are now. So, hmm.
1: well, you know, one of the reasons that I wanted to have you come on to talk Natural Gear Camo is I remember being. Gosh, I must. I guess I must have been in my later high school years. And, uh, you know, the, the first camo that we bought was just, it really wasn't even camo. It was an olive drab kind of net suit that we put on over whatever other clothes we were wearing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, then we upgraded, so we thought, to Leaves and Sticks. Uh, camouflage, you know, it was right, the, right. the the old real tree kind of patterns and, and, and I'm not knocking those patterns, but just saying that that was kind of the norm in those days.
2: Sure. But right. I
1: remember getting a, a fleece pullover f- that was natural gear camo. And I remember pulling that thing out and looking at it and being like, why, what is this? What, what am I looking at right now? So tell me a bit about your unique camouflage patterns. You kind of told us what, what lines you offer. But what makes that right. different maybe than some of the old leaf and stick stuff?
2: You know, I think the difference between us is, is kind of, you know, our beliefs and what we've kind of always stood on and, and, and what is just true in nature. First off, the colors in nature never change. I mean, that's leaves change, but the bark on a tree does not change much throughout the year. Um, and everything grows vertically. Okay. So our deal with some of these patterns that you spoke about, uh, essentially, They work really good in certain situations. Uh, You know, if you're in that kind of environment, they work really good. Mm -hmm. We basically wanted something that gave you more options, okay? So it's, we kind of use a lighter color tone, okay? Uh, So those tones are a little bit lighter, so they don't, at 50 or 100 yards or however far out, you're not going to turn into a blob. You're kind of going to blend more into your surroundings. And then our lines that we use in the, in the pattern portion are vertical. Okay. So those are a little darker. So they kind of blend right in there. But the whole pattern itself is pretty open and broad based. And that's kind of our, our, our mantra. Okay. Is uh, that just allows you to blend in so much better. And you know, over the years of this story after story, after story, traditionally what happens is two guys are hunting together. And one of them walks off or does whatever, and they can, or they can't find them and that kind of thing. Just just kind of reinforces, you know, more kind of what we talk, what what I'm talking to you about is, is just how you have to keep those colors light, and the pattern has to be really open and kind of broad based, and the edges are kind of soft, and that just allows you a lot of different environments: uh, grass, open timber, denser timber, in white oak trees, hickories red oaks, water oaks, you, it kind of gives you the opportunity where you don't have to go under your claws and go, well, I'm hunting down here at the marsh today. You know, what do I, what do I pick out? Basically, if you've got a handful of pieces from us, we've kind of got you covered, you know?
1: Yeah. So why, why move in that direction in the first place? So you said you guys have been around since the mid nineties, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, yeah. You know, as I just think about that era, like that was sort of prime, uh, printed camo picture on your, on your oh, jacket page. So yeah. tell, tell me about huge. why you guys yeah. went that way. And then I want to hear about your, the reception. Cause you know, now it, it may not seem surprising to many people, but you guys have been doing these kinds of patterns before these kinds of patterns were cool. So okay. what, what prompted you to move that direction?
2: You know, I think basically it was just, you know, this was our foundation and, you know, no matter what, we, I mean, we, we, we watched what was going on out there. I mean, we watched what was the number one camel pattern in the world at the time of the mid nineties. And I mean, it was black. I mean, it was, it's, uh, you, you, you hold it up 50 yards away from you. It's black. And, mm. you know, at the end of the day, you got to remember when you're selling camel patterns, a lot of times you're selling, you're not necessarily selling the deer. And you're not necessarily selling what works quote unquote best, wherever you may be. Man, you're selling a a look. You know, you're selling kind of the public and and that's what the public man they were eating it up. and hey, good for those guys and but we we kept standing on our foundation of, you know what, man, that's not us. This is us. This is what we believe in. We know it works. Everybody that used it knew it worked. We're just going to keep plugging away, you know. We're just going to keep plugging away and just doing what we do because what we saw, uh, you know, during that time, there were a lot of different brands that came out and they, they tried to climb the ladder of those big guys that kind of owned it and they, you know, make a few little changes here and I'm going to I'm going to go do the same thing. And buddy, that's that that does that's not going to work and it did work. You know, we watched those guys come and go, and we just kind of stayed back there doing doing our our doing our natural pattern and just keep doing our thing and keep trying to improve our product quality and just improve our, our, our variations that you can buy in the line and just keep kind of plugging away, you know, just because we knew all of us there at the company, man, we're all hunters. I mean, we're all, we all grew up doing it. We all do it our whole lives and you know, when something works, you know, you, you know, when it, it's not going to fail you. You you just know I mean you know and you get we get reinforced over and over again by you know messaging on social media phone calls emails texts I mean there's so many more people out there now that are using it I mean they're telling me the same stories I was hearing years ago you know it's almost like I can almost finish them for them because I know what's I know when they tell me that uh, you know that you know my dad shot a duck and I walked across the hole to go pick it up and come back and I couldn't see it and that's when it sold me. You know, I mean, I, I can finish the story for them in most cases. So, yeah. yeah. So well, that's just us, man. We're, and we don't, uh, like I said, we don't make any, any bones about it. man. we know a lot of people look at that camel pattern. What is that? That's kind of strange looking. But if you will, if you will take it in the woods, if you'll give it a try, you will, I think it'll open your eyes. You know, especially I think uh, what some of the other brands are doing now, lend some credence to what we've been doing for a lot longer. You know, you've kind of, you've seen some patterns that have hit the market lately that are, that are like, well, huh, that looks familiar. I kind of understand, you know, it's, it's almost like I said, it kind of lends credence to what we've kind of been doing for a long time. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting to see the the rest of the market now moving more toward uh, softer edges to the right. images, uh, more neutral mm-hmm. colors, very open mm-hmm. patterns. And it's like, well, boy, natural gear has been doing that since at least since I bought this pullover 20 years (laughs) ago, you know, or whatever. We
2: we have. It's interesting. You know, it's a different time now in that whole world, you know, as far as it goes, you know, as far as the camo thing. There's not uh, as – I think there's probably not as many people that are as uh, maybe brand or pattern-specific as there were in the 90s. There's still quite a few. And there's certain regions of the country that it's always going to be like that. And that's fine. But I think a lot more people now, as you have seen these different brands kind of come out of the market, it's like, well, wait a minute. OK, well, maybe I will try something different, you know, because maybe I will try this. And, you know, I think once they try it, and you can go to the shelf or to our website, and you find out, you know what, it, this is not going to cost me a house payment to to try this stuff out.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, to me, that's, a, that's another one of the things is I, as I thought, you know, I knew I wanted to do a, a camo episode basically to help guys know, okay, when it comes to camouflage, what should I be looking for? Uh, not only in the pattern, but in the materials. Like what's going to keep me in the field longer? Like to me, that's the big, That's mm-hmm. those are two big priorities of camouflage, right? Keep me concealed and keep me out there longer. Um, but man, I'm telling you, if you go online and start trying to shop around at, at, at what appears to be some of the, um, some of the more popular patterns or brands out there right now, I mean, you can be looking at more than I paid for my car to get <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> some camo.
2: Yeah. yeah it's a, it's different. Hey, I, and a lot of those technical garments are, if, if in that situation, you, you need exactly something like that, then, then you know, that's, that may work for you. And it, and it could certainly be worth your investment. qualities there for most of those guys. Uh, but I think – you know, kind of the place we land in is, if you want something that's going to last you a long time, and that is really functional, we've got a lot of options at a at a price point that's a lot more middle of the road. Uh, there's probably some brands out there that are cheaper than we are. I, I don't, you know, I don't know who they are, but there probably are some, and there's certainly some that cost a lot more. But we use a pretty good materials, and we have we just don't have a lot of issues with with anything failing, uh, you know, anything that we do, we, we kind of have a do right rule on our, our warranty. You know, you have to have something stated obviously, but you know, if a guy has a problem with a garment, just, just call me or email me. And if it's, if it's something that, that's, that's uh, faulty on our end, or if you tore it jumping over a barbed wire fence, you know, it was your fault, but I'll replace it for a reasonable fee, you know? Mm,
1: yep. Yep. Well, yeah. you know, I gotta say, I, um, I kind of mentioned it real quick earlier. I got a I started off my first piece of natural gear was a was a, a pullover that I got when I was younger, and uh, first, I didn't know what to think of it, and then I realized it was really warm and comfortable and uh, I, I still wear that thing. now it's 15 years, 20 years later, something like that. Uh, yeah. It's my outer layer early tough. season. It's my yeah. mid layer during later season.
2: It's not uncommon, like a, like I say, it's, you know, guys tell me this all the time. Like, well, it's not really supposed to last that long. You need to go buy buy something else from us, would you? <laughs> it's not good marketing.
1: <laughs> it's, it's not right. good marketing.
2: No, that's right. That's the truth. But it's really, I mean, I you know, I've had guys that have called me before, and today I've got to have a new one of those jackets. I, I left it at camp, or somebody stole it, and it's like, well, you know, it's a that's a good reason. So you you got to get another. But a lot of the stuff is basically. I can, I can outfit a guy for a pretty. If, if he can call or email me or whatever it may be, send us send us a message on social media. I can outfit a guy for. He can tell me what he's got to spend and I, and tell me what he wants to do, and I can outfit him for something pretty reasonable for basically to get you through the whole year. I always say we are a, and you know you know I'm leaving for a hunting trips tomorrow, or today. Uh, man, we're a one bag company. I got one bag. I got everything I need right there in that bag. And obviously, I'm not going to be dealing with a lot of cold weather this time of year, but even in the wintertime, man, wear one bag. I can take three or four of those fleece garments. I can take my underlayers. I can take my shirt pant basics, a hoodie, and that'll get me a long time, whether I'm in a bow stand or, you know, out in the Midwest, or I'm, you know, I'm bow hunting or, or deer hunting here, whatever it may be. So,
1: Yeah, so l- let's go into a little bit, because, uh, you know, I think you're talking directly to our listeners on this podcast, uh, you know, it, it's the guy that, that wants quality stuff uh, at an affordable price. And so, you know, we're, I, I'm kind of, I feel sold on that point, but I, I, for the guys who are out there thinking, okay, where do I even start? Like what, where do I even start to look? What are the things that should be important to me as I think about buying camouflage and specifically with this being the How to Hunt Deer podcast, you know, a lot of entry-level guys or folks who maybe have never bought you know, a full camo suit before or kind of thinking, mm-hmm. all right, I'm ready to take the plunge. What should I be looking for? What are you going to tell them? What, what's their, what are the priorities that they should be um, be thinking through as they evaluate different brands and patterns?
0: Gotcha. I
2: would be thinking, okay, if I'm, uh, if I'm going to buy, I, I need a, I really don't want to buy four jackets. You know, if I can keep from it, can I, <laughs> yeah. can, can, I can I get one a layer that, that's going to get me through the early season and I'll be able to use it late season? I'm kind of looking for something that's all around. I'm, I'm kind of looking for that garment that if I'm in October and I've got cool weather to cold, I can handle it, but let's say I decide to finish out bow season in late January in a lot of places or even later and it's really cold, I probably want that garment to be able to kind of cover me for both. And so I have to layer it more, and need it. So be it. So that would kind of be my thinking. I would want pieces that would cover my bases, kind of throughout the year, rather than having to, like I said, have four jackets or, or having a lot of different items. That I just don't necessarily know that the average guy, especially somebody starting out, needs. I think you could. I think you can overthink it. You know. Mm-hmm. I, I think you yeah. can. I think you can make it. Uh, um, a little more complicated than it has to be, because I think you need a you need a shirt and a pair of pants, okay, and you probably need some sort of base layers, uh, whatever you choose. A lot of guys are wearing merino; they're fantastic. They last a long time. They're great warmth to weight. And then you kind of need an hour layer. That hour layer, to me, ninety percent of the time, if I'm uh, hunting deer, my outer layer is going to be that windproof fleece. You know, and that's, we, we make that in a jacket. We make it in a vest, we make it in a pant, we make it in a bib, and I make it in a great big parka. A lot of guys do that bib and parka if you're way up north. If I'm going somewhere late season, and I'm, I'm gonna have brutal colds, zeroes and subs, I'm doing that, but other than that, nine times out of 10, my outer layer is gonna be that fleece jacket and pant. And that's from all through the fall. And then when you get to late season, well, here again, let's say we're bow hunting in January, it's frigid, man, I'm just layered up underneath it. I've got what I need. If it's cold in October, I may just be wearing a T-shirt underneath it. So it kind of gets you, it, it, like I said, it's a, you got one bag and you head out on Friday. It's not I don't want you have to spend a day packing clothes. I mean, a lot of these guys talk about, you know, they have a system and a lot of different people sell systems now. We certainly have a lot of different options. There are certainly I'd love for you to buy everything in the line if that's what you <laughs> want to do. But if, you, if, you, if, you're, if you're really just focusing down on, on trying to get started and what I just have to have, man, to me, we've got about five or six key pieces that'll kind of get you through the year, and it's not going to break the bank, and it, it'll all fit in the duffel bag. So. There you go.
1: Well, let me ask you this. If I buy all the pieces in a line, can I call it a system? <laughs> absolutely, okay with, okay. <laughs> and
2: we kind of do. Absolutely, we kind of have a, you know, kind of we have, we kind of do. We have some, uh, we have some. Everything kind of lays out in a, kind of in a layering up to that point. Uh, for the guys that want to do that, because a lot of people do want to do that, they want to go, they want to have the, the entire run. But you can get by with a with a handful of key pieces. Most people are surprised when they see my bag. If we're not doing a photo shoot or I'm not doing anything extra, man, I've got my I've got my old standbys. That that's what that's what I'm wearing. So, mm. you know, because I just know that at the end of the day, what you need uh, is just not it's it's not as dependable as is what some people may, may tell you. Now, if you're going to Alaska for ten days, you're doing something crazy like that. Then yeah, you have probably got a pretty extensive gear list. for the average guy that's that's spending two or three days in the woods in the fall, I think you can, uh, I think you can overthink it sometimes. So.
1: Yeah, sure. You can, you can definitely overthink it. You can definitely overspend it. Uh, (laughs) for sure. Uh, so yeah, don't want to do either one of those things, but so now talk to me a little bit about, um, about that, that, that pattern that you have, you know, if I want to have one thing or a handful of things that last me all season, is that something I'm going to be able to get by with on your uh, original pattern, or or do I should I think about difference, or how how does that work? You know, we
2: like to we like the natural. We wear it a lot of times year round. Now we'll say when we're dealing with grain, early season down here. Normally we're bow hunting in late September, early October. with A lot of grain. I will wear our lightweight grain stuff. It's kind of developed for the spring and the early and for that time of year. That's that I'll spend most of. Almost all the way up to November, a lot of times I will be in that green, just because it's really green, it's really hot, and this stuff is light, kind of developed for for spring and early fall. So I will spend a lot of time in that. Uh, so a lot of times my my base portion, my shirt pant portion, is in that green, and then when I go to my fleece, it's uh, you know it's just underneath. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But on the other end of that spectrum, you know I know a lot of guys that that they wear I make a a t-shirt, a button-down shirt, and several different little lightweight pullovers in that natural, and we have a, you know, I still make a pair of fatigue pants, I still make a pair of uh, uninsulated overalls, it's in a stretch material, it's in a ripstop, it's awesome, it's really great, really tough, and I spend a lot of time in that too, so but, like I said, if, if a guy's doing – he's doing one thing, if he can tell me what part of the country he's in and where he's going to spend most of his time, man, I can get him a, a pretty reliable, you know, four- to six-piece system where, like I said, he's going to have – he can probably, if he's really good, he can hide almost all of it. His wife, she'll never even know yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I, I, w- I want to hear just a little bit more about your, your fleece gear. I, I feel like in, in recent times – you know, fleece has long been one of my favorite – uh, materials to hunt in. Not only is it warm, uh, if it, it, you know, I, I have a, a, an instance last year, let's, uh, I was crossing a Creek and I had some, uh, waders on over my, my gear and I was going to cross the Creek, take them off. Once I got to the other side, well, water got over the top of them. My waders filled Uh up and I was soaked. It was a cool late October afternoon, right? So not, not cold, um, right. but, but certainly didn't want to fill up my waders in a Creek in the middle of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh,
0: right.
1: got to the other side, I pull off these fleece pants and, and I ring them out and yeah. I went and hunted oh, yeah, and, for and, sure. and I felt, yeah. and I was okay. I mean, it was a little cold, but, but I was fine. And it got down into the lower fifties, you know, by the time I was, it was time mm-hmm. to leave. And so I love fleece, um, but it's kind of fallen on hard times here lately with all the new uh, more technical, I guess, fabrics coming out right now. Mm-hmm. Sell me on fleece again.
2: You know, I, I think uh, it's kind of like a lot what you say, and in, in ours is a, a little more technical in that it has a membrane in it. Okay, so it's it will keep the wind completely off of you, and it's essentially. Uh, almost a hundred percent waterproof, quote unquote. We don't call it that, we call it water resistant because it's hard to get the seams taped on That something that has that much stretch in it and where it'll stay. But mm. it'll keep you mostly dry and the weight is very good. Okay, it's not super heavy. Even when it gets wet, it's not crazy heavy. And like you said, you still get some insulation factor there. Now I know for ours, since it has that laminate in between, any heat that you're creating, it's kinda gonna hold that in on on some on a situation like you're talking about. So what I tell guys and what I always what I've always done, uh, if I'm walking in somewhere, I've got the jacket and the pants. It's normally strapped to my backpack. I get up, I get set down, bam, then I put that on. You know, if it's really cold, I'll wear it, you know, and just uh you know, try to try to stay as cool as I can, you know, going to where I'm setting up. But for us I, the great thing, it's it's quiet. It's windproof. It's water resistant. I mean, to me, it's like, that's kind of what I'm looking for, you know, and we've changed the fits up over the past few years to give it a little more of a, do won't say baggy. I'm not sure what the word is. Maybe in that athletics, not quite the word, but kind of in between that, it's a little more form fitting. Now the sleeves in the jacket are a little sleeker because mo- a lot of us are, are shooting bows and you know, you, you don't want to deal with that, uh, I really don't want to wear an arm guard if I can keep from it. So we slim that up and kind of the same way in that big parka. Uh, and it's just real functional. It's just really functional. And you're talking about, uh, you know, a jacket. It's $120 retail. And I think pants about the same. Step up a little bit there for the bibs and the parka level. But, uh, you know, basically set a few pieces there. And to me, it's... I think, like you said, there's been a lot of technical fabrics to do. They, they, there's some awesome stuff out there now. We're using a stretch certainly. waterproof in our waterfowl garments. That's just unbelievable. I mean, this stuff has got stretch in it, and it's waterproof. It's just amazing. So there's a lot of different things out there now that you can certainly use, but we kind of keep going back to the to that's kind of our bread and butter net fleece. It does so well for us. It's almost 100% sell-through every year, and then – uh, we make a, our basic line comes in that eight and a half ounce and that stretch rib stop and that stuff's just fantastic. Cause there's a lot of guys still out there, man. They wear a t-shirt and a pair of pants, you know, for the first month of the season. I thought that's really all they need, but I can take that guy and I can throw him a, a fleece jacket and a fleece pan or a fleece bib and well, man, he's good for the rest of the year, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I want to circle back to something that, that I I don't Mm -hmm. think I covered very well. You've alluded to it, but I didn't ask this specifically early on. But one of the things that I most appreciate about uh, natural gear camo, you guys even have this on your website. Uh, Basically, your patterns and everything you guys are doing is is built on uh, the foundation of camouflage science. Can you go Mm -hmm. into kind of what you mean by that?
2: Basically, so this is from... uh, when we started this whole thing, it was, it was thousands of photographs, thousands of photographs, thousands of, and you look at them all across the country and you keep kind of noticing several things that you keep noticing up and up again. So you can take and look at, there's certain tones. Okay. So that kind of falls back to our, we have a certain tone to that pattern. It's a little different than what everybody else has. It's a little bit lighter. So we're going to use that. And then you had guys out there that were, you got to have these big black shadows in it and that kind of thing, and we don't believe in that. We, if there's a shadow on you, it come there naturally. Our pattern, for certain, I mean, I can speak to this for sure, whether you're in the shadow or if you're in brilliant sunshine, I have complete confidence in brilliant sunshine. No problem whatsoever with that. Rather not set up that way with what it may be doing, but if you're in that situation, it's fine. Gravity, everything grows up and down, okay? So when you see... When you see a deer in the woods or whatever it may be, what what do you probably notice? You probably notice that vertical line, okay? So our pattern, I don't know if you can tell. You might could see. If you had a garment you laid out, you could probably kind of tell. Our pattern basically keeps that same vertical, okay?
1: Mm.
2: Keeps that. It keeps that open. And the job, we basically have those colors, vertical, open, soft edge. And, and when you just, you can take it and just put it in a lot of different environments. <laughs> you know, we've had, uh, gosh, for years, man, at the office, we would have stuff hanging out in the, in the woods and stuff, and we would get guys that hadn't been there before and see if they could pick it out. There's about half of them could kind of find it, but it's kind of amazing, even re- kind of regardless of the season. Uh, you know, obviously, when the leaf cover gets on, everything's really green and dark and crazy looking, but when you go to the base of that tree, what you may be leaning up against, what you may be sitting down against, what you may have a tree stand leaning against, whatever it may be. The base of that tree you're going to find, oh, well, wait a minute, this looks quite similar to what it does in, you know, November, December.
1: Mm,
2: and yeah. if uh, I'm sure you spend a lot of time out in the woods, especially in late winter, probably the most prevalent color you're going to see is going to be almost white. It's very, very light, very light. So what, uh, a lot of different things out there, man. You get leaf drop, and you're still hunting from the ground or in the tree stand. Well, it's you're in trouble for whatever you might be wearing. But that, that's not that's what we shot. We're that's that's no problem at all for us. You know that's that's just our kind of our our bread and butter is is matching these trees kind of year round. And we bought the green, like we talked about. We brought that out for the guys that just wanted, hey, man, something. We kind of like that natural pattern. We what if we did something with that and put some green in? Basically, there's some moss, really, is all it is, uh, is, is kind of throughout that pattern. It's just some moss colors. Uh, and we've got guys that just love that for spring turkey. Like I said, I spend a lot of time in it during turkey season when it does finally green up. But even states like down here in the south, we're just now experiencing green up. I'll wear, we will open next week. I'll wear our natural pattern probably most of our season. Uh, because we're going to, we're running a little high on green up and we're still dealing with a lot of light colors in the woods. So I'll wear that natural throughout the season. And I really spend most of the time, like I talked about in that green, most of the time there is, uh, when you get into that early portion of bow season, we all just, man, down here, we love it so much. It's, it's hot as can be, but it's a great time to be hunting. So
1: mm-hmm. I, I did want to, to bring up, like, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that whole, you have confidence, you know, confidence when you're in full sun, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, my dad and I, we, we hunted down in deep South Alabama for a long time Mm -hmm. and we got this suit, uh, that was a leafy stick suit. Right. And, uh, but Mm -hmm. it was, it was light. It was almost a mesh and we could Mm -hmm. wear it when we're bow hunting and it's, you know, mid eighties pushing 90 in the afternoon. right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we loved that suit, but we noticed that we kept getting busted, um, kept Mm -hmm. getting busted in it. And then finally, we we realized that basically, um, you know, it, it looked like a good pattern. But man, if that sun hit you, you glowed or you glue or what? You I know, and say, a did. lot
2: of that comes down to um, if you have, if you're using, if whoever made the fabric was using anything with UV brighteners in it, it's going to glow to a deer. Uh, we don't use any UV brighteners now. If you wash it in Tide one time, guess what? It's got UV brighteners in it then. And that changes everything. So we do recommend, hey, when anything you buy from us, it does not have any UV brighteners in it whatsoever. Uh, but you got, we recommend you wash it in almost any quote unquote hunting soap. Whether you believe in the scent side of things or not, doesn't really matter. We want you to use a soap that does not have UV brighteners in it when you wash it. And for most of the time, I think most guys do. I don't dry mine a whole lot. I hang it to dry a lot. Sometimes I'll dry it a little bit. Uh, To keep that UV out of it, that's a big deal. Uh, There's a a company called ASCO out of South Carolina that has done just tons and tons of research on it, and we've worked with those guys over the years. And that is kind of what they found. uh, People were talking about kind of what you're talking about, how deer were seeing them, and and they couldn't really figure it out. I think we've all probably been out there or been with that guy where, let's say, you got a deer come out in the field, he's 200 yards away, and he pinpoints you. Mm-hmm. These, you know, when you're thinking what's going on, well, you need to think about it right then what are you wearing? You know, are you wearing is that, uh, is that Grandpa's old orange vest that may have got washed in tied a time or two? That, you know what I mean? There's probably something to it. But uh, keep those UV brighteners out of your hunting coat and make sure the the wife doesn't throw them in the laundry with all the other stuff because it's happened.
1: Yep, yep.
2: So that, I think that essentially is probably what you were dealing with.
1: Yeah, well, I, I
2: really do. You know, with yeah, this stuff, really
1: it was like a really lightweight, almost mesh mm-hmm. material, and mm-hmm. it even like we we came to realize. My dad was sitting in a tree, and uh, we had some deer come out, and uh, his trail camera took a picture and got him in the background. And you could kind of mm-hmm. tell for, even from that picture, it just glows compared to the reflection that it the sunlight causes on the tree. Uh-huh. You it know, had
2: some, it had some UV in it, and that's that's what that's what animals see. Uh, especially the deer they see in that spectrum. Uh, so I, I bet that's exactly what you were dealing with. And like so that's what we recommend, to guys. We normally carry actually a couple different uh, brand or two on our website because we have guys over the years that, well, what do I buy to wash it in? Well, we decided it was easier just when you just click through right here, and this is what we recommend to use. I think we use Asco, and then we use uh, oh the brand that is Hunter Safety Systems. I can't think of their their brand now but they make a a different line of soaps and sprays and stuff and we we recommend those soaps and you can actually buy at uh probably any retailer you can you can search out a scent free uv-free uh soap under you know probably any brand you may find
1: so yeah yeah and i remember too one thing i ended up doing with this specific suit just in case anybody's out there listening and says hey i've got the same problem I uh I went through this kick where I was like, man, I'm going to be all in on the whole scent reduction thing and mm-hmm. I ended up buying some activated carbon powder online. Oh, yeah. Mixing yeah. it with distilled water and plunging all of my camo into it. And right. it didn't discolor anything, but it certainly toned mm-hmm. down the the brighter pieces uh, mm-hmm. a little bit. So if anybody's mm-hmm. out there wrestling through that, that's another thing you can do if you're just like, hey, this this piece, I can't I can't get it to act right. Well, maybe dip it in some of that. Mm. It's probably not going to do you any good on the scent side of things, but that's a whole other podcast. But Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, a I different think a episode. a lot of times when
2: you you get into the synthetics fabrics, a lot of times to you and me's the eye, they will have a little bit of a sheen to them. Yep. But yep. in reality, as long as they don't have a UV, it is not a problem whatsoever. Yep. I mean, that's that's just kind of a byproduct of, of any of these synthetics. They have a little sheen to them, but traditionally it's not a problem. We've all worn them in lots of different situations without any issues and they don't have UV in them. So uh, that's the only thing, I I think that's the key is just being really particular about how you wash it Uh, and you'll making sure that, uh, like I said, whether whether it's a scent scent thing for you or not, like I said, that's a whole other show, but uh, just make sure you're using a non-UV soap.
1: Yeah. So anything that, that folks need to be aware of, like if they do end up with some natural gear camo. Uh, anything mm-hmm. they need to know as far as care or just care for it, just like you would any other garment.
2: I would say just like we were talking about, let's wash in a non UV on, on cold and let's, uh, you know, use a gentle cycle. And I, like I said, I like to hang to dry, but traditionally because I'm going to hang them out back on a clothesline anyway, and, and keep the in them. If you dry them, dry them on low. And man, for the most part, you won't have any problems. I do recommend if you're washing stuff, uh, and this should be with any garment. If it's a jacket or if it's a button down shirt or anything, but whatever, I'll go ahead and just go ahead and button them all up, zip everything up. That keeps that button or that zipper from getting hung in a piece of your washing machine and pulling off or whatever it may be.
1: Yep. That's good. That's real good. I'm, I'm constantly. Yeah. Cause you know, these balance. things, I mean,
2: when they, yeah, you get something in there and it, you know, they the spin cycle on these things now. They're going like 3,000 miles an hour. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, man, that's good. You know, I, like I said earlier, I've, I have not done anything special with the piece of natural gear, pieces of natural gear camo that I've had. And I've had them for probably 15 to 20 years. I don't know which one it is, but it's somewhere in there. And, uh, yeah. they're still going strong. They don't have any holes in them, despite all the briars I've got stuck in them. And, uh, they're not faded at all.
2: Oh, that's, that's great. And I said, we, we've really, the, the whole industry basically on the printing side of things has really come a long way in the, Last decade or so, uh, on the colors and on the printing, it's all so much better. And the, the prints hold really well. Uh, even in our stuff that has a, that's a cotton blend, uh, it, it, it holds really well in the colors. The dyes are a lot better now than they were, were just a few years ago. I mean, I remember we were kind of first starting out and thing and doing cottons and, and, you know, you, you get through a couple seasons on them and they would, Kind of look more like that snow camo so that's has got to come a long way you know because it's and you know it's hard for it's hard for cotton to hold its color you know it's kind of an open based you know kind of fabric and we still use it in some blends you know so it's it's still still something that we we use we use it blends in our t-shirts and blends in our shirts and pants that's what it is
1: yeah yeah I've actually got some uh, some older cotton pants uh, mm-hmm. that are like a the old jean-style camo pants you know. Right. And they're oh, yeah. faded as can be, but I wear them early season turkey hunting. There, there we you go. That's which right. yeah. Up here yeah. is perfect. Yeah,
2: because yeah. it's the yeah, other a leaf on the tree, and yeah, it's then it's still really open. Like so that's that that's kind of the that's the only thing I would say, you know, to a guy that was starting out if he's going to hunt early season or if he's going to turkey hunt some too. I would probably want him to have a little bit of green, you know, just because as it I know like it kind of does around here. We go from zero to sixty. We go from almost a winter complete winter look to everything will just pop out in a couple of weeks. And we're kind of in that, ex- in that's going on right now. We've had a lot of rain and some warm temperatures. So it's happening pretty quick. Yep.
1: Yep. Well, a- anything else that, that you're going to tell the guy who says, either I'm looking for my first, um, you know, first big camo purchase of the year or first big mm-hmm. camo purchase ever, or like, Hey, I'm, I'm just not happy with, you know, maybe the stuff that I've always oh, yeah, had maybe. or what's been right. handed down. Yeah. What, what am I looking for? Any, any last minute tips?
2: Man, I would probably tell them to go to our website, naturalgear.com, read all about us. It kind of gives you an idea of what we're all about. Buzz through all the all the kind of garments. See what you think. You know, check out our social media. You can kind of see what you think. You can kind of find out pretty quick what we're all about. You know, and if you want to reach out to any one of us, our phone numbers are there. Our email addresses are there. It's We're all pretty easy to get a hold of. So we're not a, we're kind of a, a small family company and, uh, you know, somebody will, whoever gets back to you, they've got experience with the garments and they've got experience with, with use and, uh, you know, they've got experience with, uh, with the company. I mean, they're all, anybody you talk to, if you call our phone, they all can tell you the deal. So. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, well, John, thanks for coming on today. I appreciate your time and good luck on your turkey hunt this week.
2: Hey man, I certainly appreciate it. And I appreciate you reaching out to us, and letting me know if I can ever help you with anything.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for listening to today's episode. You can find more outdoor themed podcasts at sportsmansnation.com on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you download your podcasts.